Good morning. Merry Christmas. How's everyone doing today? Good, wonderful. Well, my name is Jared McElroy, and if you haven't figured it out yet, I am not a pastor here at Hilton Head Island Community Church. Um, I am, I'm actually, I'm actually a chef on the island, um, and I'm blessed and honored every now and then to be asked by Todd to come and share the Word of God up here. And, um, and, and so to, before we get going, a little, a little context for the sweater. Um, Thank you. It is it's just glorious. It really is. Um, my, my, my wife and father-in-law were picking up my brother-in-law at the airport, and as they were waiting, they went and poked around the PGA store there, and they found the ugly Christmas sweater uh, section. And as soon as they both saw the one with the face of Jesus on it that said birthday boy underneath, uh, they looked at each other and were like, we have to get this for Jared. And so then they gave it to me Friday night, which I interpreted as, I dare you to wear this on Sunday, to which my response was an emphatic challenge accepted. <laughs> so here we are. Um, anyways, before we get going, I, I really just wanna, wanna just ground us and, and, and go to the Lord in prayer and just ask for his blessing over this time. So let's pray. Uh, Father God, we love you so much. And God, we thank you so much for Jesus. And uh, just for the fullness of who he is and, uh, and that he came to this earth and, and lived amongst us, God. And just pray that today you would give me your words um, and that these would be your teachings and that you would penetrate the hearts of everyone here, myself, and everyone, God. And we just pray all this in your son's name. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to get things started off a little bit differently than I, than I normally do when, when I come up here and I preach. Um, normally, I started off with some crazy, funny stories, or you know, I just kind of jump right into the text, and then we'll read a little, talk a little, read a little, talk a little. But I, what I want to do, I want to read the entire text of what we're going to kind of hit on today. And I'll tell you why as soon as we're done reading it. So we're going to go to uh, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And, you know, I, I'm actually thinking, um, why don't we do this kind of old school today? And uh, why don't we stand for the reading of God's word? And so um, we're going to read uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it was written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, Bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. 
And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You guys can have a seat. Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to start off by, by reading the whole text because, you know, really, I had, uh, as I was, this, this sermon 48 hours ago was, was completely different. Um, because I kind of started to focus in on, on like one particular thing in, in the text. And it just, it, it just wasn't feeling right. And I just I kind of I kept digging in and digging in. And I, and I just wanted to kind of get to know it and understand it and, and everything. And just kept not feeling right to me. And um, so then I, I, I took a step back. And I read through the whole text, and God really revealed to me um, that I'd been going about this the wrong way, and that this story wasn't about gifts from the wise men. It was actually a story about a gift, and two different responses to that gift, a right response and a wrong response. And uh, I mean, how great is it when we, when we give a gift and we get that, that right response uh, for, for giving that gift. I mean, I know for me, um, with my wife, Mother's Day tends to be the day where I put a little extra emphasis on gift giving. Uh, because, you know, my, my wife's a professional mommy. So, and I don't know if you've ever met my kids. Um, they're, I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. They're both boys. Absolutely amazing blessings from God. Um, but we would also describe them in parent speak as spirited. Um, for those of you that do not speak parentese, that translates into freaking crazy. Um, and so really, like, Mother's Day gifts for me also need to say not just a thing. They need to say, thank you so much for coming home when you go to the store by yourself. <laughs> like, you know, that, that, it, they have to say that. And then... You know, and, and on top of that, I, I mean, I don't know how many of you know this, but my wife actually almost died giving birth to our first. Like she was in the ICU in a medically induced coma for like two and a half days. It was, it was pretty, pretty rough there. So on top of that first thing, now the gift has to say, hey, babe, thanks for not kicking it back there. Um, you know, really w way to work through that, you know. And so these <laughs> gifts mean a lot. And then to add like layer on top of layer, like her birthday is just before Mother's Day. And you know, when there's two gift giving days back to back, like the second one needs to be a little extra something special. And sometimes that little something extra needs to even say like, sorry for messing up your birthday. Like, because that's really, like, I mean, and if you're listening on podcasts right now, you have to understand the depth of messing up of birthdays. Um, there was jazz hands involved in that. So, um, you know, that's a, there's been some messing up of birthdays. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I, for me, 
Like, it's awesome because my wife, whenever she receives a gift from me, it, she's, she's gracious and she's wonderful and she's generous in her thanks to me for that gift. And, you know, not just on Mother's Day, but, uh, but whenever. And that's the right and true response when someone gives you something. And, and that's what this story is about. This story is about two groups of people and their responses. And this is what it boils down to. There was one group of people that understood God. And there was another group of people that believed God. And that first group of people, and actually here's the difference between those two things. To understand is to know something in your head. To believe is to know something in your heart. A belief is, is, gets deep down into your soul. It's all penetrating and, and, and all-encompassing of your life. And that belief doesn't just affect your thoughts, it affects everything about you. And that's what this story is about. It's, it's a story of two groups juxtaposed toward, to each other. And, and the first group is, is the, the scribes and the, and, and, the, and the high priests. And so, I mean, let's, let's take a look at them. And, and so who were these people? You know, so Matthew describes it. He says, Herod went out and got the high priests and the scribes. The high priests of that, of that day, that group would have been any of the high priests, high priests the, the current one, and anyone that had held that office before. And then also any other influential um, priests at that time. And this group would have been, uh, a majority of them would have been Sadducees. And then the scribes, they weren't just people that just like sat down and read manuscripts and wrote down new copies of it so everybody else could have it. They were actually like teachers of the word. They were the, they were the, the, the Bible teachers of that time. And they were also the lawyers of that time. Because if you remember, like the laws of that day were directly from the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And so these, these men were the teachers and the lawyers of the day. And these men were mainly the Pharisees. So we have the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And they come up all through the gospel. And, and, and so that's who we have on this one hand. And these men would have known the Torah backwards and forwards by heart, completely word for word, by memory, by the time they were teenagers. And they also would have known all of the oral histories and traditions of, of the Jewish people. They would, have, they, they would have studied and learned and known the prophecies from, from people like Isaiah and Jeremiah, Micah, Habakkuk, and, and, and all those. They would, have, they would have known those because that was their life. Their life was, was knowing and understanding what God had written to them through, their, through the people before them. And so, you know, we have them, and Herod, Herod comes to them and says, hey, listen, there's these, these guys asking where, where the Christ is born. And they're like, oh, yeah, in, in Bethlehem. You know, and they even, you know, right off the bat, they just spite, you know, spit out Micah 5-2. They're like, you know, oh, yeah. And, that's, and here's the thing. That's not even one of the major prophets. So these guys know what they're talking about. They're just like, oh, yeah, 
Micah 5.2. Oh, Bethlehem. You know, it's, you know, in the land of Judah. Are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people. See, these men knew about the coming Messiah. They understood it was going to happen. But what do they do with that information? They, they handed it over to a highly murderous and jealous king. I mean, this guy, Herod, had killed one of his wives and two of his sons, his flesh and blood, because he thought they were after his throne. So what did these people think he, they were going to do when he came to them? was like, hey, by the way, listen, there's supposed to be this king of the Jews being born sometime around now. Um, where's that supposed to happen? You know, did they actually think he was going to fall on his face and worship them? No. <clears throat> they understood it. They knew it was going to happen. But what did, what did this understanding and belief lead them to? It led them to just, you know, a superficial knowledge of, of the truth. And so they, they didn't take it seriously. And they just handed it over. So now let's look at the other group of people, which is the Magi. Now, these men would have come from the area of Babylon, which is in modern-day Iraq. And the reason we, we believe that is because in the book of Daniel, Daniel is put over this entire class of people called the Magi. And the Magi were a group of advisors that King Nebuchadnezzar had brought together in his, in his empire to be, uh, they were learned men. They were, they, they studied astrology and they studied the interpretation of dreams and their whole day was just spent reading up on these, uh, on books that would, that were believed to be talking about the future and the coming times so that when the king came to them, they would have the information available to them and they would have like what he needed to, to advise him. And so King Nebuchadnezzar came into Israel, took them over, and then took their people away. And who he took were the best, the brightest, the strongest, the warriors. He also took cultural aspects of, the, uh, of Israel with him. He took a lot of their writings because he was obsessed with the culture and writings and knowledge and wanting more. And so he, he took them with him. And so about 500 years later, we come to the birth story of Christ. And in Babylon at that time, there was, a, there was actually a thriving Jewish community because they had been there in exile. So there were Jewish people that stayed in Babylon. And the, the libraries of Babylon, they, like these, these men had access to these scrolls and to these writings and to copies of these things. So these men knew of the oral traditions because there was a community of Jewish people right there. They weren't Jews themselves. They were, you know, they were from all different walks of life because that's who Nebuchadnezzar grabbed them from. And then, so they, lit, they, they heard the oral traditions uh, of, this, of this community talking about how one day there would be this Messiah, how one day there would be this Savior. And so then they dug into, they were like, well, let's dig into these Jewish scriptures that we have. So they did. And they, and, and, and they, they, didn't, just, they didn't just know that something was going to happen. They started to believe something was going to happen. 
And so they dug into it. And so, so what, do they, what do they find? They found in like Numbers 24 that, that it says that a star will come from David and a scepter will come over Israel, will, will rule over Israel. And so they, that's viewed as a messianic prophecy. And, and so they, they believed it. And what did they do with their lives? They, they looked up. They looked for a star. Because they, the knowledge went past the head and into the heart, and they believed it. <clears throat> and, and, and so they, they, saw, they, they saw this star that they'd been waiting for and longing for because they believed it was going to happen, and they, and, they, and they went after it. And their belief led them to action. And that's, like, that was the right response. It led them to seek after that which they believed in. And it didn't just terminate on the knowledge of that thing. They had to go and see it and experience it themselves. So they did. They took a journey that took potentially years to find this Jewish king, because I mean, we all have the, the manger setups where we have like the baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, a couple shepherds, a donkey, some camels, a wise man, like three of them, which that's complete hogwash. There's probably a whole bunch of them, um, at least dozens. And then on top of that, they probably had like servants and stuff. So this is probably a traveling band of like hundreds of people that were coming through Jerusalem at the time. And so... Um, it, and so we have this view of that's how it happened, but it actually happened probably two years after the birth of Christ because we find that, Je that Jesus and Mary and Joseph had settled into a house by that point. They weren't in the manger anymore. And so the wise men, it takes a, it takes a little while for them to find this. And they're following the star because they have faith and they believe that this is going to lead them to the king of the Jews, the one they've been looking for. And then they find him. And what do they do? They fall down before a two-year-old and they worship him. Like, I don't know how many of you have been around a two-year-old. I mean, there isn't much worship going on normally in front of a two, you know? And so, but these men fell down and worshiped a two-year-old and then they opened up their chests and they, and they gave him gold and frankincense and myrrh and these gifts. See, this is where I got stuck. I started focusing on their gifts, but their gifts weren't, it's, this isn't a story about the gifts. This is a story about the gift. It's a story about the gift and the right response to that gift, which was the worship and the honor and the pouring out of your life and the giving forth of your own treasure and your own being to the one true gift. See, the gifts of the Magi actually point us to the fullness and the completeness of Jesus Christ in our life. And this is what's awesome and just mind-blowing is that they gave him gold, and they gave him frankincense, and they gave him myrrh. 
Why? Because guess what? They believed so much that they started digging into the scriptures even more. And in Isaiah verse 60, Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6, it says, they shall bring him gold and frankincense. And so what did they do? They did it. They didn't just sit there and be like, well, someone's going to take it. I guess someone will get there with it. No, they got up, they believed, they went, they did. So this is my question for us this time of year. Is where are we? You know, where, where, where are we on this scale of, is it head knowledge or is it heart knowledge? Have we allowed the gospel and the coming of Christ to penetrate our hearts and not just sit in our minds? You know, why we give gifts this time of year is the same reason, should be the same reason why the wise men did. Because it's an outpouring of the gratefulness that they had for the God of the universe, the God that put all the stars in the sky and the, the water. He, he formed the oceans with his hands. He knows every blade of grass. He knows every hair on your head or lack thereof. He knows everything about you. And this is the God that came to the earth in the form of a two-year-old. And they were thankful and it poured out of their lives in visible ways. Is that why we're giving gifts this year? Or are we just giving gifts this year because, man, I, it's Christmas, I know I have to give gifts. Or are we giving gifts because God came and saved me and I want to pour that out to other people and I don't want the joy of the gift to terminate on the gift itself. I want to share past that joy and tell people about the greater joy that comes with the knowledge but more than the knowledge, the belief in Jesus Christ. Is that where we are? And that's where I want us to go because here's the thing. This was the most difficult part in me coming to Christ is me transitioning from head knowledge to heart belief. It's the most difficult part for a lot of people because you, like in our society, you just want, you, it's, it's just knowing stuff is awesome. I mean, we have supercomputers in our hands. We don't even have to make it up anymore. We just like look it up and we look up for stuff that other people have made up and we quote it as fact. Like that's, that's where we are. And so like to get past head knowledge and into heart belief is sometimes difficult for us. And I'm praying right now that God is speaking into your heart and softening it to his message because this is the message. Jesus Christ, the son of God, God himself, the creator of the heavens and the earth came to live on this earth. He was born of a Virgin Mary, which was foretold by the prophets. He lived a sinless and perfect life. And then he was persecuted. He was crucified. And you know, this, is, this is awesome. That, that, that gift, the myrrh, that was given, 
That gift actually foretold about this sacrificial death because in John chapter 19, after Jesus' death, we read that 75 pounds of myrrh was used in the, the embalming of Jesus Christ. These men were, were pointing everybody forward to the greater gift that was being given. And so, so Jesus died on this cross as a sacrificial death. Well, what does that mean? It means that here's the, I mess up. You mess up. Everybody messes up. We all mess up. We all fall short of the glory of God. That just is what it is. We cannot pay God off. We can't. He has everything. It's all his. You are. That is. The chair is. Your money is. Everything is his already. So we can't pay him off with it. We can't even pay him off with our good behavior. It doesn't matter because he's the God of the universe. And when we fall short, there is a gap. Not just a gap, a chasm between us that, that is insurmountable for us. But it wasn't for Christ because it's, Romans says that the wages of sin is death and that is the death that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died our death. And so when you put your faith in Christ, you put your faith in the belief in your heart, in your soul, in the innermost being of everything you do, that when it comes to eternity, Jesus paid everything for me. And when I stand before God on that last day, Jesus will stand in front of me and say, his sins are on me. That's what this season is about. And are we allowing that to penetrate our hearts? As I said, sometimes getting past the head knowledge and getting into the heart knowledge is the hardest step you have to take. And this is the best part about it. You know, God gives that to you. You know, your, your faith is by grace. If we, and the beauty of this whole thing is that grace is undeserved. We don't, we don't deserve it, but God lavishly gives it to us. And that's, that's, that's the story of Christmas. It's not, it is about the coming of a Savior. It is about a baby, but it's also so much more than that. It's about the Savior of the world, the greatest gift God could ever have given us, the opportunity and the ability for us to cross that chasm that's created by our sins because Jesus Christ is standing in that gap. So... I'm going to ask one more time, like, where's your, where are you this Christmas? Are you in your head, or is he in your heart? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this today in your word, and for just, you know, breaking through to me 
as I was studying this and, and, and breaking through to my heart um, as I studied this. And uh, I needed it. And uh, God, because your word is perfect and great. And it, it, it pierces us greater than any sword, God. And I, I pray right now that, that you and your spirit and your power has softened the hearts and that the power and the might and the glory and the wonder and the word of the gospel has penetrated the hearts in this room today and that this Christmas wouldn't just be a Christmas of gifts, but a Christmas of the gift which pours out over everything, God. Father, we love you, and we thank you so much. And we just point this all towards you, God. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen.